All right, y'all, this is the last episode you'll hear before we take a break for summer. So be sure you subscribe so that you will know when I come back. Um, Here we go. Welcome to Recharting Your Life with Hope. I'm Hope Cook, creator and host. I'm a mom, physician assistant, writer, and life coach. Two years ago, I was feeling stuck, restless, overwhelmed, and I felt like I wasn't where I was supposed to be, but I had no idea what that even meant. And the crazy part is my life had turned out pretty awesome, at least on paper, but I couldn't figure out what was wrong or why I felt out of alignment. A series of books and podcasts and conversations changed my life and revealed my next journey one step at a time. My purpose right now is to help you wake up to your soul's purpose by sharing conversations with amazing women who've walked in your shoes. Keep listening and the answers to your next step will come, I promise. We're all here for a reason and I'll help you figure out what that is so you don't have to waste another minute sleepwalking through your life. I definitely don't have it all figured out, so I'll also share the ups and downs of my own journey with you. Are you at a point in your life where things aren't bad, but they're also not exactly how you want them? But the problem is you don't really know what you want. Maybe your job's not bad, but you also think, man, I don't know if I want to be there five years from now. So if things aren't going fabulously, then let's talk. Let's figure out what you can change, what you can't change, and how you might get to where you want to go. And if you don't know where you want to go, we'll figure that out. So schedule your complimentary discovery call. We'll talk, and it's sort of like having your own mini session. Um, You can email me at hope.cook at gmail.com or look me up on Instagram at coachhopecook. My website is also coachhopecook.com. Hello, everybody. Today I have Autumn Shields. So Autumn and I met in a Facebook group for female podcasters. And she reached out and was telling me a little bit about her journey. She is a consultant for a health and wellness um, company. And Autumn, tell me about that. So it's a social marketing company, which just means it's an online wellness business. And I've been doing it 18 years now. I can't believe it's that long, but we represent products that are for skin, mind, and body. And Um, I get to serve people and helping them look and feel their best, which is fun. A lot of fun for me. And I also get to help other people start businesses in that industry. Gotcha. Okay. So Autumn, before you um, got started in this um, health and wellness company, you did, um, you worked as a victim advocate, right? So I was in Colorado and I know every state's different or depending upon where you're listening to this globally, um, it's different, but victim advocates um, support police departments and or fire departments and or courts um, and providing rights for victims of crime. So anyone from assault to domestic violence to um, homicide, and we um, help victims with resources um, on scene counseling and um, just connecting people with those resources to help them recover. And that sounds like super heavy work. Um, But I've heard that you sort of decided that was what you wanted to do at a really young age. And y'all, Autumn has written a book on, um, it's called Living Your Life Alive. And Autumn can tell us more about it, but it's essentially about the nudges you feel at different points in your life and how to, how to listen to those. So Autumn, I want to hear about your very first nudge and how that led to your career in victim advocacy. 
Sure. I think it's interesting how, you know, when you hear people's story and you're like, well, how'd you get from there to there? Like, how'd you end up in a well law enforcement? And how did you even end up in law enforcement? And for some reason, I've always felt this guidance, just believe it's divine. And um, I call them the nudges in life. And to me, what a nudge is, I'll define a nudge because I know it's different for other people. And sometimes people have different names for it. So whatever name you like to give it, sometimes people call it the tug or whatever it may be. But to me, I know it's a nudge because it usually comes out of nowhere. It was, you know, something that's an idea or a thought that was completely not on my radar. Um, it usually keeps happening, meaning like, I think, well, that's a funny idea or that's silly. And usually I'll dismiss it because I think, well, I don't have the resources or who am I to even think that, or think that I could do that. And it, those nudges just keep happening. And to me, they're like usually slight nudges rather than thinking it or feeling it. Um, you know, it's like that soft whisper. Usually if I take action, usually it's out of fear. If I'm not taking action. I get those nudges a little harder. Um, and then I started thinking like, what is it costing me? And I believe those nudges are really, really important to not only listen to and surrender and obey, because every time I finally found the faith to step into that, I've learned that the resources appear, um, everything I need to accomplish, whatever that is, or do that work is there for me. It's just trusting that. But what I've always learned is there's a ripple effect. So even though I think it's about me in the beginning, I see that there's a ripple effect to that nudge. And that's why I believe it's so important for us to learn about these nudges, um, learn how to identify them and follow them because ultimately, um, it leads you down a path that I believe is the path that you're supposed to be on. Right. Cause I think we all have a lot of interests. So I was, um, in eighth grade and we were doing like career days. Like, you know, you pick somebody and you go out into the field. And I remember meeting this counselor in high school, had a friend commit suicide in eighth grade. Oh, and this wow. kid, um, I was hooked up with a counselor. A counselor came to the house to meet with all of us, um, students and explained kind of her job and really helped us identify how to deal with our feelings and how to move forward. And I thought that is such a crazy job. Somebody works for the police department, but you know, it was more of a counselor in out in the community. And uh, so when I had career day, I went and followed her. And, um, when I was sitting there in eighth grade, I knew it, that is exactly what I was supposed to do. I just kept getting nudged. So through all the things I wanted to be in my life, I kept getting nudged all the way through college. Like that's it. And it was just extremely clear didn't matter if I fought it. It was extremely clear. And I remember like, I think when you're younger, you're a little bit more open to not dismissing things, right? You, yeah. You know, blow things off as much. And so that is my first experience with when I remember feeling the nudge and following it. That is so cool. Um, yeah, I remember feeling a nudge when I was in probably ninth grade and we did a career day and, um, my best friend said she wanted to be a physician assistant. And I was like, what's that? And as she was describing it, I felt that same, like, that's what I want to do. And you're right. We don't question it when we're younger. We just think that's what I'm going to do. So <laughs> let me figure it out. But um, that is interesting that you became a victim advocate because I've never heard anybody like, you know, a kid say, you know, I want to be the type of person who um, who works with and comforts people and, you know, helps with justice for victims. So were you empathic as a kid? Yes, I, I didn't realize I was, but definitely am. Yeah, I definitely was. Yes. All right. So you sort of went through that. Um, 
the college path to get you to become a, a victim advocate, did that involve going through like a police academy or something? Not a police academy. They do have different academies um, for victim advocates in different states now. Sometimes states are, you know, require certification. Other states don't. I was fortunate enough to do an internship with a really great department that just really helped me, you know, learn hands-on. Mm-hmm. And so you started doing that. And once you were in the role and, you know, started your first career doing this, did you feel like you were in the right spot? You had followed the right path? Absolutely. And I think that's one thing that when we, you know, so many people don't get on a path, right? They're still searching for, you know, what they want to do. And you meet friends like they get out of college and then they're still searching. And I just was dead on. And I just felt like it was a blessing that I was dead on. So when I was doing that work. I just, I had planned on doing that for another 30 years. And what happened is I started feeling the nudge again. Mm. And this time I fought it. And I mean, I fought it hard, like, excuse me, you must have the wrong number. And I just kept hanging (laughs) up (laughs) because I think we get attached to identities. Right. When we're a kid, we're open to different identities, but I think we cling, like, it's just like you go into all that school to become a physician assistant And then you think, well, how could I ever give that up? Like Mm -hmm. I've worked so hard for that. This is who I am. And so it was an identity, you know, to have um, a police badge and to work in, in certain areas. And I had an identity in that. Yeah. When I started doing uh, this business on the side, I did it just to make extra income. And I kept getting nudged to leave law enforcement and go into this health and wellness industry and start my own business. And I thought I have no business being in business, like wrong number again. Yeah. And um, I mean, I fought it hard and it's just one of those things that wouldn't leave me alone because I didn't see that it was also a ripple effect that I would impact hundreds and if not thousands of lives through my business. I just didn't see it. So I think sometimes we get these nudges and I'm like, how could I go do that? I thought it was just about making money and, you know, doing sales. I didn't get that. I was like, how could I leave what I'm doing where I believe I was making a big difference in people's lives to jump over to a business? Well, I've learned that businesses, you know, there's tons of businesses that are very impactful to people. Yeah, this is a good point because a lot of people may say, well, I'm not working with other people to impact their lives directly. I work as a florist or an interior designer or, you know, just careers that you wouldn't think. Um, that they would have that kind of effect on people. But I like what you're saying that every single thing you do has a ripple effect. And um, yeah, that's, that's powerful. A lot of us don't think about life that way. And I believe every time I meet somebody that has a different career, different job that I know I don't want, I'm I'm so glad God made us all different. Because like, (laughs) if I had to do accounting all day, I would not be in my genius spot, you know? So right. um, it is nice to, I feel like sometimes we just focus on, you know, what we're good at. And sometimes I believe the path is not always what we're good at. It's what like moves our heart and moves us to the point of tears is what we become passionate about. Right. So I think sometimes we're good at things and we follow that instead of really paying attention to those nudges, because I believe those nudges are a little bit more in our passion area than um, not necessarily just what we're good at. Yeah. And I want to talk about when you were, before you started your new career and before you um, slowly got out of being a victim advocate, tell me about what that was like. You know, how did you, did you listen to the nudge immediately? Did you sort of, (laughs) you said you kept hanging up the phone. So what did that look like? Um, It looked like a lot of unsettled nights and um, an unsettled mind, really. I mean, you just look at some of the, like, I'm in my genius spot, but like, you're just fighting it. 
And um, I just kept making a lot of excuses why I couldn't, but even though I couldn't, I was still making, I was still, I was still taking steps to build my belief in this business that I could do it. So I think sometimes it's just fear. Like I don't have the belief in myself that I could do this business. Um, so I feel like sometimes we just hold on because of the unknown. And I always think if you're, I always tell people, if you're feeling that nudge first, identify why you're fighting it instead of just jumping, right? Like most of us know, like, okay, if there's a nudge, like this is awesome. Like you should Mm -hmm. just jump, but it's scary. And a lot of it is whatever it may be, why you're scared or why you're fearful. So just ask that question. Like, how do you, have you heard this nudge over and over or feeling it? And just sometimes maybe just journal about it or talk to somebody about it. But then when you feel yourself fighting it, why? And a lot of those things, you know, I believe is fear and F E A R to me always means false evidence appearing real. We Mm -hmm. make up a whole bunch of things about that story that it's not, doesn't even really exist. And so I was really happy in that business for many, many years. And I'm still very active in that business. And then I felt another nudge to literally pack up my child. Um, I was a single mom at the time and moved to Hawaii where I didn't know anybody. And I thought, this is the craziest, silliest thing I've ever, ever done. And I was nudged to start a cultural um, company over there to start a nonprofit for high school kids and to start a cultural business. And I'm like, do I look cultural? Like I can't start a, a cultural business in Hawaii. I'm not Hawaiian. I can't even pronounce half the words. Right. And I thought this is silly. So it's just silly. Like, why would I get called to do that? Why? That's just, and it, it just, just does not make any sense. But when you take the steps and you stop with the fear and you overcome it, the resources appear. And I think it's fun. Once you learn like to feel the nudges and you can start playing with it. So just say, okay, if I take a step in this direction, what happens? Guess what happens? Everybody I'd run into had started a cultural company in some other country. Oh, guess what happened? I just happened to be connected on Facebook with a a friend. I haven't spoken to in years, all of a sudden calls and says, Hey, I'd like to connect you with this friend that lives in Hawaii. She had no idea I was moving to Hawaii. That is so weird. And talk about all the fun signs, but yeah. the thing is, is have fun with it. Have fun with the signs of like, you know what? I didn't think this was possible, but to me, it's like breadcrumbs. And my husband recently went through this this year himself. He started seeing breadcrumbs all over about helping specific people in Belize. And he thought, okay, I'll just do it this one time. And then another breadcrumb and that somebody, you know, he'd meet somebody literally in a restaurant and it's exactly what needed to get done for him to move forward with this project. I'm like, isn't it fun? It's fun to like, just watch the breadcrumbs go right out in front of you. That is really cool. Um, I mean, I've had this happen in my life. I read a book called the power of coincidence and, um, and it, it does talk about this. And once you start noticing these things, it, you just think, am I going crazy? Am I, am I imagining all these things lining up? But I don't think so. I think they really are. Um, I don't know, part of our soul or our inner self or whatever our life's, um, our earth assignment is while we're here. Yes. And once you have fun with it, then you can just walk out, you know, throughout your day and put it out there and be intentional about it and watch what happens. I think it's a lot of fun to play with it. Yeah. Um, when I was debating whether to leave medicine or not, um, it was a, it was a nudge and it didn't make sense. And you said, ask yourself why you're afraid to follow that nudge. And in my case, it was, um, like you said, my identity, my role as a PA and also the golden handcuffs of medicine, you know, you, or whatever job you start making money and you think, well, I'm used to a certain lifestyle. I would be stupid to leave this. Yes. 
So with your consulting business, I know you doing it 19 years, you were really successful. Um, and then you said you started feeling a nudge to kind of branch out and do other stuff. Do you still do the consulting? Yes, absolutely. So that's definitely my primary thing. And I just feel like because of the ripple effect, it's such a powerful business. And that's why I stay with that business is two things is powerful because of the ripple effect of me, you know, being able to help other people. Um, but also I, I, I love that business concept. So I, I just feel like it's just such a great business to be part of, um, me branching off is definitely been nudges. And also I just believe in evolution. I just believe sometimes we have a lot of different things to rather is to offer or to connect with or to um, benefit from. Right. And so mm -hmm. I just believe we have different aspects of this. So when I wrote this book, the book was a nudge. Um, I have ADHD off the charts. So for me to hold still for anything, <laughs> let alone writing a book, but, um, thank goodness for dictation at times, but I wrote that book. And again, I, sometimes I pick up that book. I'm like, I wrote that part. And sometimes I read something. I'm like, I swear to God, I've never even seen those words. Wow. And so it's just, again, it's just those nudges or being downloaded or just to me being that instrument of the bigger picture, right. That we all have our part to play in it. And not one's more important than the other. It's just fun to find it. And so when that book happened, um, it was naturally, I started speaking and um, connecting with other people. And, um, I started doing consulting for other businesses and other people in life coaching, and just really had fun with that and finding good fit. Um, if it's a good fit for people to truly overcome something or really take that next step, whether if they're being nudged, maybe it is just like you said, those golden handcuffs, and it is scary to go out and do something different with your life. But I think it's so rewarding when you step into those areas, you know, there's just those genius areas where you feel like this is, this is me, this is the best me. And, um, and it's fun to, it's fun to do it. Yeah. Have you read the big leap? Yes. I love that book. Yeah. <laughs> so for those of you who haven't read this, um, uh, let's see, Gay Hendricks talks about your zone of excellence. And for a lot of us, that's where we are. We're doing a good job. We've been doing it for a while and we may be excellent at what we're doing, but we're not in our zone of genius. And so I think Autumn, that's what you're talking about. Like when you get to that point where you think, yes, this is where I'm fully using my skills and my, like all the gifts. Can you say more about that? I do believe it's all of your gifts. I think sometimes I think it's fun when you just meet people out and about, uh, you know, or you even like read somebody's Facebook profile or whatever. Maybe you're like, you do this and that, and this, uh -huh. like, I have a financial advisor. He's also like a fire thrower and a comedian. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And he's the most conservative financial advisor you could ever meet. Like, if you, you know, I just love when people have uh -huh. stories and they walk out all these different areas of their life. I think it's just fun. And it might just be something that's a hobby. It might be something like dancing, but you're really good at it or yeah. it means a lot to you. So I think it's just taking all of those gifts and not keeping them to yourself because somebody's waiting out there for your gift, specifically your gift. And so I feel like when we keep it to ourselves, it's not really fair. Yeah. And it's a unique combination, almost like a recipe. So you can eat, you know, banana pudding from... 10 different people. And it's not going to taste exactly the same because we all have our unique little pieces that are unique ingredients we throw in there. Absolutely. And I, I do believe that the downside of not like walking those out is you stuff it. And so if it doesn't come out of you as a gift, you're kind of stuffing it and it doesn't feel good. I just, I've tried to stuff things before because I think, well, you know, you can't have 
I, I can't focus on multiple things and, or it's not fair to my family or whatever it is, is where you're thinking like, I don't really, I should, I shouldn't be doing this. Mm-hmm. And I always say quit shitting all over yourself because yeah. you don't know what you should and shouldn't be doing. But I feel like when you stuff it, if you're unsettled and you really think about that and spend time with that to say, if I'm unsettled, so I've been nudged to write a second book and I have been stuffing it like crazy because I really don't have time right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what? Just a little bit at a time. That's it. And I can't stuff it because it keeps bothering me. Like it's supposed to come out. So I always think what is supposed to come out of you that you're holding back on. And the scariest thing is, is like, what is it costing you? And sometimes Ooh. it's not always a financial thing, but what is it costing you? Is it costing you peace? Yeah. To stuff it is a costing, you know, is it costing you your next career? Is it costing your family hope? What is it costing you to say, you know, no to this or hold back on this? And the biggest thing is when I was looking at this health and wellness company and I kept saying, no, no, no. And it was an ego thing. I thought, oh my gosh, I can't imagine what my life would be like if I didn't say yes. And then, you know, I look back and say, I can't believe if I didn't say yes to Hawaii, if I didn't say yes to starting that nonprofit, if I didn't say yes to the book, a lot of it has nothing to do with me. I just feel a lot better if I don't stuff it and you walk those gifts out. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I read that, or I listened to another podcast that you were on and you were talking about this company and it's, it's, we can say the name, right? Yeah, sure. It's Arbon. Yeah. Arbon. It's a weird name. People are like, what is it? It's Arbon. Yes. I've heard of it. Um, maybe just because I work in skincare, but, um, in the podcast, you were talking about your impression of companies like that. And you said, you know, you knew about Mary Kay, you know, you knew about yes. some others and you, you were talking about your ego at first was like, no, I'm a professional. I have a degree. I have a, you know, can you say more about that? Yeah, that's exactly what I, I mean, it was hundred percent ego-based is that, you know, we work for our careers or you think you're an important place in life and, you know, you get those nudges. And I kept thinking, I am not going to be one of those people doing one of those things. Like that is last on my list. I mean, I have never sold anything in my life except Girl Scout cookies, <laughs> which I was really good at. And then I said that one time I was speaking and somebody said, I don't think it was you. I think it was the product you were selling. <laughs> And I was like, uh, good point. Wow. Yeah. Okay. We'll leave that out of my speeches for now, but, um, it's, I think that it's, you, you have to just think why. And I think that's why it's so important to spend time with why am I fighting this? If, if it's ego or a lot of it for me was that I was assuming things, or I had, I was just really uneducated to be honest about the industry. So once I started educating myself more on the industry, I thought, oh my gosh, this is the smartest business anybody can get into because it's, it's a smart business. It's a great business model and it builds a culture for people to support each other and want each other to win, which was a totally different environment from law enforcement. And um, honestly, the other thing I think is that I was never around women. I was primarily in a male dominated Hmm um, industry and the industry that I was, you know, the company that I was involved with had a lot, a lot more women than men in it. And just a lot of women. And the more I was around, I thought, this is so weird. Like people are like, these women are supporting each other and they're for each other and they're encouraging each other and sharing book ideas, right? Like, Oh, have you read this book or have you listened to this podcast? Or, and I thought, Oh my gosh, these people are inspiring me. Like I want to be around them more. Like it was filling me up and I thought, wow, these people are really in my corner. And I thought, how many industries can you join where people are actually in your corner or have your back? And that's what really grabbed me into this specific company was the culture. Yeah. And you started thriving 
And I think that's good feedback when you follow a nudge and you find that, wait a minute, I didn't think this was going to be my thing, but I'm actually doing pretty good. Exactly. And then you have to follow that, right? I started making decent money and then more money. And then I thought, well, this is crazy. I just, you know, I did it to make a little bit of extra money for my family. And I thought, well, what if, what if this could replace my, my full-time income, like my career, the actual word career, right. Instead of just a side gig. And, um, I, so once I dove in and I did start to excel very quickly, what happened is I got to like that why in the road and I knew I couldn't do both. And I had to make a decision. I thought, oh my gosh, like this is super scary to make this jump. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know what, most of the jumps we make are not like permanent, right? It's not like you can ever go back to your career yes. or hard, but we put all this pressure on ourselves. Like it's a permanent thing. And right. I thought, all right, I'm going to take this leap and see. And then from, I think the more you can step out in faith, it's like a deposit. And then you can see it come back to you. You just don't know how or when, but it will come back to you tenfold. Um, and that's exactly what happened in my business and my income and the time freedom that I've been allotted to, you know, live anywhere I want and to do things. And I never imagined 18 years ago that I would be spending a winter in Belize. And that's just what I got to do this winter is to go to Belize and live. And so, you know, you just, I never, I never could imagine that. And I think what's so hard for us to sometimes move is we just can't imagine what's on the other side of it, or we're uneducated or we're just, it's the unknown. It's scary. Yeah. How do you, um, so I'm a big dreamer and I love doing 10 year goals and, you know, my ideal future day and all this stuff, but how do you dream and still listen to the nudges and be flexible? And what a great question, because I do think we, you know, to me, it's almost like just doing a lot of like, when I lived in Maui, you know, you do tons of workshops and yoga about just like living in the moment and being present and going with the flow and no expectations and, you know, all of those things. And it's, it's great. But then I'm like, well, I have to book an airline ticket (laughs) next fall. So do I do that? Do I not do that? You know, I think it's such a balance, but I think what's fun is once you start playing with the nudges is to live your life, right. Do the best in your career that you're at right now, or whether you're staying home or a student do live your day, like the best you can but be open for the nudges, play with the nudges, be, be curious who you're going to meet on the next airplane, right. Right. Or in uh-huh. the grocery store line or, or what speaks to you or a movie you might see that moves you to the point of tears. And you think, oh my gosh, I just felt the nudge. So whatever that may be is to play with it and then just start taking steps towards it. And I think the more steps you take towards it, the more you're going to know if it's right or wrong. And sometimes I see people dig in like, They'll take a training course and spend $4,000. So they think, oh, because I spent 4,000, I have to go down this path. Uh-huh. Like just, you can keep tiptoeing, you know, put your toe in the water a little bit, but you'll know if it's a nudge, because to me, it's, to me, it's like a slip and slide. Like you might put a toe in it and all of a sudden you're like, whoom, just yeah. so much fun. Oh yeah. That is such a good point. And yeah, you're right. People spend money on something or a degree or, or whatever. They marry a guy they thought was Mr. Right. And then they're so afraid to, um, to pivot or to say, you know, maybe, maybe that wasn't the best choice. Yeah. I I think pivoting or making that jump is so scary, but now that I've done it enough and I've been so out of my comfort zone so many times, Sometimes it feels like I'm, if I'm in my comfort zone for too long, I'm missing something. <laughs> yeah. You really and, do build up a muscle, I guess, like a courage muscle. Yes. And it's okay to be content. I'm very content. And I think that's things like I'm content in life. 
I'm also open to what, what else is possible. Right. And I think that's such a fun term. Access consciousness covers us a lot is what else is possible. That's it. That's all you have to say. You don't have to answer the question. You don't have to solve everything, right? We don't have to be in control all the time. We don't have to know everything and just have fun with like, what else is possible? Yeah. I love that. I find myself saying I will never do and then fill in the blank, like move back to my hometown. Sorry, everybody who lives there. (laughs) Or I will never, you know, do certain things. And um, you really that you have to be open to possibility. And I think there's also a sense of humor with the universe. Like I've said, I will never drive a minivan or, you know, just stuff like that. And then lo and behold. (laughs) Absolutely. And I think it is It's fun if you can look at it as a sense of humor and really feel that, you know, the universe, you know, to me, it's energy and rather um, you believe in God or a different religion or something. But to me, it's like, if you can find that power within yourself and identify to me, that more divine power, that bigger power, the bigger picture uh-huh. for your life. And you can step into that. I think that you just guided more. And I think that if you can learn that God truly has your back or wants the best for you and the plans that we have free will, right? We can do anything in our life that we want. And depending upon what country you live in, there's so many choices of the things that we can do and where we can go. It's just knowing that you're safe in it mm-hmm. and, and really that it's all for me. I'm okay. I'm well, I'm safe. I'm loved. I'm supported. And those are scary places to put yourself to mm-hmm. really start trusting that. It is, it is very scary to trust that we trust ourselves and then, you know, we, we disappoint ourselves. But if you think about God or the universe has my back or the how is not up to me, um, it does, it does give you that reassurance that I don't have to have it all figured out. And I do think that point of the, how is a huge point because to me, one of the biggest things I'll feel that nudge. So for example, when I get the nudge to move to Maui. Well, of course mm-hmm. I like Maui. I mean, I'm sure I would have fought harder if it was Kansas or something. Yeah. Sorry, Kansas. But um everyone's like, well, of course you have the nudge, it's Maui. But the how is really hard because rather it was when I was looking at joining, you know, this business in Arbon, and I thought, well, how am I going to do that? I don't even know anybody. How yeah. am I gonna do that? Well, I've never I've never been a physician's assistant before. So I don't know how. Well, of course, I don't know how I haven't have to learn. Yeah. And so whatever we're looking at the, how is, how would I move there? I was, I had a custody. Um, um, I, I was, um, in our custody paperwork with my son, it, it absolutely in the state of Colorado, you cannot leave a state Yeah. at all, like absolutely impossible. And it happened. And so a lot of times the, how is, I mean, it's against the law. Like it's not lawful to ask what I'm asking. So sometimes those nudges, I keep thinking, well, I know it's a nudge, but not yeah. now. Mm-hmm. And you put it off because the, how is it, it, sometimes it's not even seeing a step. Sometimes it's an absolute, you can't do this. Well, I'll tell you what, when there's a nudge, sometimes it's not about you and some things can just happen. It's just mm-hmm. the way it is. It doesn't have to be of our own understanding. Yeah. And so we just have to trust the process. But I think that how is really catches a lot of people up, especially if, people are more thinkers than feelers, right? Sometimes um, thinkers really get tied into that. How, like, how could I go back to school when I have kids at home? How could I, you know, ever meet somebody after this divorce, whatever it may be is you don't see the hows, but I'll tell you where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. That's my husband. And I run into that a lot where he's a spreadsheet, figure it out on paper kind of guy. And I'm a, it just feels right. Let's just do it. (laughs) 
So yeah. yeah. Sometimes numbers don't add up. Mm-hmm. That's true. Just the way it is. It just doesn't add up. Yeah. Tell but me about the book. You said you have ADHD. So it was, it was not really in your plan to sit down and write a book. So how did you, how'd you go about that? No, I just love conversations. I love going back and forth and having great conversations with people like you. And I love talking but to actually format um, and be structured is not my thing. And so I did have help. I have a great um, publishing coach. And I think that took a lot of the how away from me. Like, how do you get something published and how do you get a library Congress number? And I didn't have time and I'm not, a, I don't love researching that stuff. So it's just mm-hmm. one of those things that could easily have got put off. So I am all about hiring coaches. Um, whenever it makes your life easy, or you can hit a fast forward button. Um, and that's what I love about coaching other people too, is like, sometimes it just feel like you can fast forward or, you know, kind of put that wind beneath somebody's wings or something, but the coaches I've always hired have just fast forwarded me in life and hired a publishing coach. And then I went to just a few different writing courses from different authors that really helped me learn to format in a way that makes sense to me. And, um, just gave me enough structure I think and enough accountability to um, stay on track. So that was important for me to get the book actually done and yeah. not have to be a perfectionist at it. The other thing is you just sometimes have to give yourself permission. My publishing coach always says, Autumn, I need a D minus from you. I'm like, oh no, I don't do D minus work. <laughs> I don't, you know? And I remember thinking like, what, what's it going to be like? And I remember hitting the button to forward it to my editor and it was it was probably a D minus. I mean, to be honest, it was probably a D minus and to hit that button. I was thinking, oh my gosh, I hope this is like a B plus, but it's, it's just putting yourself out there and a lot of fear behind that and that it's not going to be good enough or who am I, or what if this doesn't make a difference or, you know, and of course you have the naysayers and people that laugh or why are you wasting your time? Or you can't make money doing those things. Or, you know, you hear all of it, but just an edge. And I feel like it's supposed to come out, it's supposed to come out for a reason. Yeah. It's likely it doesn't have anything to do with me. Yeah. It's like Anne Lamont's, um, you know, shitty first draft, you know, you just have to get it out there, do it and trust that if it's meant to, to help people to get out in the world, it will. Yes. And a lot of times I believe writing and the things we do, and even what we're nudged to do as much as it might, we might focus on serving other people, right? A lot of times it's just for ourselves. Sometimes I write and I'm like, that's exactly what I needed to hear. You know, we we go through these processes for, for, to be able to grow for ourselves and to be able to evolve. No, that's so true. You know, I thought the podcast was for other people. And um, I realized about, I don't know, 20 episodes in that each episode was like, for me, it was a lesson that I needed to hear, even if I was the one saying it, I just didn't get it at the time. That's where I believe the nudges are fun. Because when you follow those nudges, it is it always comes back to like, for you to evolve, as much as we think about it, hopefully being a ripple effect to help other people. It's, it's amazing when I'm in my third year of my podcast and I get so excited to talk to guests because I feel like it's like, I get to grow today uh-huh. for free. Yeah. It's so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Love that. What about women who are thinking like, I, I don't have nudges. I just, I'm in survival mode. I'm earning a paycheck and, you know, dealing with dirty diapers and babies and toddlers. And I just don't have nudges. How did they find the nudge or hear the nudge? It's such a great question because I believe it's something that can't be forced, but I do believe that we need to carve time out of our day for it. I know the times I can hear the nudges the most is when I'm quiet 
Mm-hmm. And usually the only time I'm quiet is when I'm sleeping. So yeah. what's so funny is sometimes we have to pay attention to our dreams. I have a friend, she said, yep, the only time God talks to me is when I'm dead asleep. Why? Cause it's the only time I shut my mouth, but you know, we're, we're usually taught to do religious practices, rather it's praying or doing a Bible study or doing, you know, meditation, whatever it may be, but we're not taught to sit and listen and be open. And it's a practice it, I think it's, it's something else that you have to practice and get stronger in. And I remember somebody telling me to meditate and I sat and looked at the wall for about two minutes. And that was, the, you know, I was like, that was the most annoying thing I've ever, like, I just wasted two minutes of my life because there are dirty diapers piling up, you know? So yeah. I think that, um, you have to carve that time out, um, rather be early mornings for me. It's always early mornings. It's mm-hmm. worth me getting up before everybody else and sitting quietly and being open. And a lot of it's just asking or if you get woken up in the middle of the night, instead of like rolling over and picking up your phone or watching TV, I have another friend. She said, up, oh, God, my God spots two o'clock in the morning, boom, like woken up. And my husband was waking up and he kept every single night at the exact same time. And I said, why don't you just ask, like go sit in a dark room and just ask like, why am I waking mm-hmm. up? Like, what are you, what are you trying to show me? And he said, he literally saw like a cartoon story flash in front of his face. And it was everything he was like searching for needed right there. Boom. And he's like, I've never had that happen. Wow. So a lot of it is just asking, like, ask the question, mm-hmm. like, why am I awake? But when you're sitting there, just ask like, what else do I need to hear? What would you like me to hear today? What else do I need to see? Whatever I'm not seeing, let me see today. Like take the fog off of me, take the heaviness off of me, take, you know, the dark glasses off of me. Let me see what I can, what I'm, and I'm ready. A lot of it's just being willing. I'm ready to see, I'm ready to step forward. I'm ready to see where else I can serve. I'm ready to learn. I'm ready to evolve. And what else is possible? And just to listen, because a lot of times when we listen, it comes that fast. We just, especially as women, we run around with to-do lists that are endless. By the time we wake up to go to bed, it's really hard to hear those nudges when we're focused on to-do lists. And so another tool that I use is, I mean, when I wake up, my head is my, like my brain is on fire. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times I just have to do a brain dump. So I'll get a piece of paper and I just write, oh my gosh, I forgot to pick up dry cleaning. I have to call the insurance company today. And like, it's just going right. Mm-hmm. And then just take a deep breath and say, all of that, I'm going to set right over there. It's going to be fine on this piece of paper for 10 minutes. It'll be fine. Nobody's going to start on fire. Hopefully in the next 10 minutes, I just need this time to sit and just be and focus on my breath. And as much as we, you know, as much as I fought meditation or listening or thinking it's just a waste of time. It's to me, the most valuable time, because Mm -hmm. what if we miss those nudges for ourselves, for our family, for our community, for the bigger picture. And so I think it's so costly if I don't do that and take that time to do that. And it's practice to just sit and be just actually sit and be. Mm -hmm. It is. Yeah. What's it costing you if you don't listen? And if you live a life that's not truly lived, um, that's right. But and then you're running around, it definitely can have nudges any time of the day. You know, when you're running around you think, oh my gosh, I ran into this person. I feel this, or just watch for those experiences in, in life. And I know when you're feeling really, really overwhelmed or feeling buried or loss of hope to me, sometimes those were the best nudges in my life is where I feel like nothing's going to change, or this is my life. And sometimes you just get quiet and think it's coming, you know, just mm-hmm. no change is coming. It's not going to stay like this forever. Oh, that's so, I love this. I feel so inspired. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. 
So Autumn, tell our listeners where they can find your book, where they can connect with you if they want to. Sure. You can head over to my um, site. It's just the nudges.com. And on that site, um, it actually pops up. Um, you can just get, um, throw your email in there. And I have a seven day step on how to live your life alive. And it's just really good questions to kind of ask yourself and kind of take inventory about really where we're at and then kind of think about where you want to be, but to really live your life alive. Because I feel like there are, there've been times in my life and probably everyone else is where you feel like you're not living your life alive for whatever reason, you're not on that path and you're not in your genius zone, or you're not feeling those nudges. And then there's places where I've absolutely felt like I am hundred percent totally alive mm-hmm. and love that place. And I would love to help anybody get to that place. And, um, so there's seven steps on there. Um, my podcast is the living alive show. You can always hop over there. And I have some other guests that I just love that not only have they learned to live their life fully alive, but they give some great, awesome tools on how to live, um, your life fully alive. And so love to connect there on my site. Um, and I have another Facebook group that again, it's just a good community of people just sharing on how to live your life alive, because I believe we're all in this together. Right. And, um, I might be feeling great today and tomorrow I might need somebody to lift me up. Mm -hmm. And that's what this is all about is growing together. And I know right now there's so much divisiveness and our life right now and um, such a loss of hope and worry in so many different people's lives with where this country's going in the U S or wherever you're listening, you know, coming off of COVID and some countries are still experiencing a lot of that. And it's just been a really rough year for some people and um, just want to get people to the place of living fully alive again, because it's worth it. It's worth doing the work. Yeah. That's amazing. Thank you so much for taking time today. Well, thank you, Hope, for all that you do and for putting yourself out there and for following your own nudges and being able to coach others now to live their life alive in a way that gives them hope. So I love your work and who you are. Thank you. That was so good. And y'all, I took so many show notes. Go over to the website, coachhopecook.com to see all of them. I'm not going to read all of them. All right, here are the highlights. Number one, a nudge usually comes out of nowhere. It could be an idea or a thought not even on your radar. It usually keeps happening and we often dismiss it at first thinking, who am I or how could I do that? But they keep happening. Number two, a nudge will feel like a soft whisper at first, but if you don't listen, it'll get louder. Number three, ask what it's costing you not to listen. Number four, when you finally find the faith to step into that nudge and trust it, the resources appear. Number five, there are ripple effects to the nudge. It's not just about you. Be an instrument of the bigger picture. Number six, it's so important to identify and follow nudges because they'll lead you on the path you're supposed to be on. Number seven, once you're on a path and you've followed the nudge, Don't get too comfortable because you'll get new nudges. We get attached to identities and it's so hard to imagine giving it up, but you're needed for a new role, a new identity. People are waiting on you to step forward. Number eight, nudges aren't always about what we think we're good at. It might be something you'll have to learn or that you'll have to rely on others to help with. And lastly, identify why you're fighting the nudge. Fear equals false evidence appearing real. 
We make up false stories about why this path isn't for us. We question, why would I get called to do that? We often think the idea is ridiculous, but trust in the process and the resources will appear. Thank y'all for listening. It was so much fun talking to you today. All right, if you are ready to make some major changes in your life, if you're at the point where you are sick and tired of feeling stuck and directionless and you really don't know what to do next or where to go, maybe it's time we had a little chat. So I have it set up on my website. You can schedule a free 30-minute discovery call and we'll sit down and decide if we're a good fit. Maybe you'd prefer group coaching. Maybe you need one-on-one coaching or maybe you just want to talk and and say hello. So go on over to my website. It's coachhopecook.com. That's H-O-P-E-C-O-O-K.com and schedule the free discovery call. And I can't wait to talk to you. So See you next week, and hopefully I'll talk to some of you before that.